Hi guys, this is episode 12. Um, I had a really great chat this episode with uh, my friend Amanda and she owns a company called Energy Involving. She's a kinesiologist and also a yoga teacher. Um, so if you're not kind of familiar with these types of practices, um, this was for me like a really interesting conversation as I suppose I'm getting into kinesiology um, and just also understanding about just the way energy flows throughout life, um, which has been quite interesting to delve into. So guys, um, have an open mind when you listen to this conversation. Um, I honestly wish I kept the the tape recording for uh, much longer after because we spent about two hours after recording this just talking um, and it was, again, very, very interesting. Um, so enjoy this first part, guys. And I will see you next week. If you have any questions, obviously, um, please get in contact with us um, and feel free to subscribe, uh, like, and give us a five-star rating. We would very much appreciate it. Thanks. Bye. Welcome to the Strong Girls Talk podcast, ladies. We're here to talk all things fitness, mindset, and health practical to the women that we train. My name is Ellie, and along with my sister Georgia and cousin Kayla, our mission is to empower you to be stronger and fitter, not only physically, but mentally as well, ready for all that life throws at you. As coaches of our own gym, providing functional fitness for women, we not only coach our clients on how to do deadlift squats and pull-ups, but we want to help you on your journey to self-confidence and body love. So if you're looking to improve your life with awesome breakthroughs, advice on nutrition, training, and mindset specifically for women, You've come to the right place. Let's go. All right, guys, welcome back to episode 12, I believe it is. Um, I'm here with my friend, Amanda Lane, and she has, um, I suppose, a few different businesses at the moment. Um, (laughs) So she works in kinesiology, but also is a yoga instructor. Um, And I guess this is a nice blend of both those two areas um, to create a really beautiful life for herself. <laughs> um, so what I'm going to do is get her to tell uh, you guys a little bit about herself um, and then we can kind of delve into, um, I guess, uh, the philosophy behind yoga and, and a bit of kinesiology stuff just so you guys can find out a little bit more about these fields. Um, it's something that I've been delving into a little bit lately, so I'm quite interested in. Um, so yeah, Amanda, Welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no worries. Um, so yeah, why don't you just tell me, I guess, a little bit about your story and how you got to Australia, because you're obviously not originally from here either. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I was always fascinated by energy and the things that you couldn't see but knew existed, so mm-hmm. I just always had a fascination with that. So I spent my, well, most of my life in Canada, except for the last two years. I've moved here two years ago. Um, almost to the day, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I went to school for, for kinesiology and took my took my degree in kinesiology. And then I entered the fitness industry and did some personal training. And I ended up actually working in an all-women's gym. Oh, very cool. Yeah. And I just began to, like, ask myself, there's there's got to be more. There's got to be a deeper way to connect with people because I found that... Um, women would come into the gym and they would want to work on themselves but there was so much more to it than mm-hmm. the physical that was showing up mm-hmm. so I had um, a client and she actually sent me to see her kinesiologist and it was amazing like it was the best I'd felt in a while and I was dealing with like some old injuries and just a lot of stress and self-created stress and I was tired mm-hmm. and I just felt 
so good and I just knew right there like this is what I want to do so she just became my mentor and she's actually still my mentor and this was like over 10 years ago Mm -hmm. and we still even like now that I moved to Australia we talk on the phone like we had a phone chat two days ago yeah yeah so you still got her as a mentor can you tell me a little bit about uh, sorry a little bit about what was maybe going on in your life then that maybe has changed now so for example uh how you were feeling that made you kind of know like lead you on that path to go to the kinesiologist versus how you felt once you'd done like a bit of work on yourself um I I was just dealing with like lots of aches and pains in my body and I know some of it was emotional like Mm -hmm. the the blend of you know becoming a kinesiology practitioner and a yoga teacher changed my awareness yeah. And it just sort of gave me a route to be able to work on myself and challenge myself and, you know, ask those deeper questions of, like, why am I doing this or why do I think this way? Um, and, like, change my change my belief systems and, like, how I measure things and my values and just, like, uh, questioning, like, mm-hmm. the things that I thought were true for me. Um, and I guess it was through that process of, working on myself things in my body also began to physically change as well because mm-hmm. I think kinesiology really allows for deep change and repatterning of yourself and kind of reprogramming I guess of your nervous system do you have like an example of that so like an old shoulder industry it's industry in <laughs> injury or something like that yeah um I had a really bad car accident when I was 17 and I had been dealing with like back pain from it like mm-hmm. I think by the time I went to go see Betty she I was like 22 23 and I'm still just so good five years after yeah I was still just in a lot of pain it was a compression fracture in my in mm-hmm. my back so it was just something that it, after you have an injury like that you, you just you have to work on it but yeah um yeah she just I had one session with her and I just felt so much better and when I got to work the next day like my, my colleagues were like, Amanda, like, your eyes are so bright and you have a bounce in your step and, like, your what color <laughs> is different and, you know, like, what happened? You know, and symptomatically things were going away. Like, I was in much less pain and, mm-hmm. you know, I was dealing with, like, sinus stuff and, like, my sinuses cleared up and, like, stuff that just, like, cleared up in a day. And it mm-hmm. didn't permanently clear up. Like, it required layers of work, but the change in one session was... incredible Mm -hmm. and then through the process of just taking kinesiology courses like some of the courses I had to take were a year apart and you know when you go back to take like level two of a course a year later and you're still holding corrections from the year before I think that speaks for itself like the change that I was able to create in my body from like you know having so much neck pain and whiplash also from the from mm-hmm. the car accident you know I was able to work on that and just create long-term change in my body and it was holding even a year later mm-hmm. it was amazing so let's just go back quickly and maybe just do you want to tell us a little bit about what kinesiology is because um, for me I felt like it was quite big in well, not, not that big here, but to be honest, I might be wrong. It just might not have entered my sphere of, of knowledge, if that makes sense. Like, I just didn't know anyone that had done it before until, like, a couple of years ago. Um, and I'm only just getting into kind of learning about it and 
seeing the benefits as well now. So maybe you can just take us back and, and kind of explain uh, what what it means and what exactly happens when you go in for like a session, for example. Um, I think the range person by person is huge. So yeah, I, for sure. In my experience, both in in you know now that I've experienced it in Canada and in Australia, mm-hmm. like the range is a hundred degrees. It completely depends on the person. And so do you mean the person that practices it or the person that comes in? Uh, both. both. <laughs> yeah. So it's, <laughs> as on the practitioner level, it, it depends, I think, on your, your experience, your scope of practice, mm. the trainings that you're taking, your background, what you've incorporated into it. Mm. But also, you know, the person, you know, who's come in as the, as the client, it depends what they need. Mm. And that will change what the practitioner is going to do as well. But it's really, I find... It's such a complete approach to your your health and your well-being because it mm-hmm. allows you to work on everything in one setting. And you can work on the emotional stuff. You work on the electrical, energetic flow of your body. You work on mental stuff. You work on past. You work on trauma. You can work on past lives. You can work on, you know, uh, strengthening your, your energy field. You can work on spiritual imbalances. You, mm-hmm. you have the ability in kinesiology to work on anything which is great cool and how old is the actual practice uh i think one of the fathers of kinesiology is um john fee and i think he started developing the touch for health practice in i believe it was the 1970s or 1980s mm-hmm. it's not i don't think it, or it might have even before that i'll have to look it up for you though, that's all right yeah i can put it in the notes the show yeah. notes um okay so you have um so from i guess uh, you have all these energy fields, I guess, in your body, and or even uh, to move your muscles, electrical impulses to to go from nerve to nerve. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's either like a, a physiological thing or emotional or psychological, which can uh, inhibit them or stop them from working. Is that's that's kind of what I get from it, and yeah. or a, a sense of it. And what you're working to do is essentially fix any of those um, blockages that might be occurring in your body, which might be holding people back in in certain ways. And obviously it's quite broad. Like, uh, for example, my experience has been we've talked about uh, what my body needs in terms of diet, uh, what the emotional trauma was growing up, for example. It doesn't have to be massive. It's not like I've had terrible things in my life but things that you hold on to I guess mm-hmm. um and any kind of physiological blocks as well so it's quite broad is what you're saying as well yeah it 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 can be um typically people come in and they 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 usually know what they want to work on because they know you know something doesn't feel right or they're mm-hmm. off or there's a specific you know problem so the beautiful thing about kinesiology is that it stimulates the healing in your own body. So I'm mm-hmm. actually just your bus driver. I don't really fix anything. Mm-hmm. I'm just helping your body go in the right direction and stimulating healing. So I think that's also why it's so effective mm. is because your body's actually doing all the work. I'm just helping. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so really the simplest thing is, is you find the priority mm-hmm. or what that body wants to work on at that point in time. Because things work in layers and things change. Yeah. And you figure out, you know, is it a physical issue that needs a little bit of help? Like, you know, is an organ out of alignment or a bone or is it, you know, 
something muscular, like you've had an injury, because there is physical work that needs to be done. Yeah, for sure. Is it something emotional? Is it, you know, past, present, or future, mm -hmm. right? Like you said, maybe, you know, past trauma, and it doesn't have to be huge. It just depends how your body also interprets that. Can you maybe talk a little bit about that? So I'm quite interested in how that affects the energy in your body, I guess. Uh, past? Well, I guess just in terms of internalize, like I know I internalize a lot of things, for yeah. example. You're like, ha ha. <laughs> 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 ha, ha. No, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we um, all do that, I think. Yeah, and yeah. it's not necessarily, like it's just, I guess, a defense mechanism more than anything, probably. Yeah. But it's interesting, um, I suppose, for me to see um, if I release that, I find that things just kind of are much easier for me to do. I find I'm much more productive. Um, I can work a little bit, bit better. And whether that's totally in my mind or not, I don't really care because it works, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. you know, if it's all just my brain going, oh, you're fixed, and I'm like, great, sweet, yeah. let's do it. Like, that's fine with me. Like, I'm not going to question it. Well, I will question it. But, well, you should <laughs> um, question I, stuff. I yeah, I find, it, yeah, I find it very interesting. Obviously, the power of the mind has such, like, a, a big um, influence over people. Um, but yeah, could you maybe talk to a little bit about like how that energy maybe works or how it can get blocked or do you know anything about that? Yeah, like, and again, it's different from person to person. So how something shows up in a body is going to potentially be very different from you to me. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's the notion that like everything is connected. Mm -hmm. So if you've had a past trauma or what your body interprets it as a trauma, mm -hmm. um, whether it's big or small, it's also, you know, how your body's internalized that. So mm -hmm. it's, it's your reaction. So the first thing is, is like, it's stepping into the awareness of that. And, and I think it's just having an ownership around it, not in a negative way, but in the most neutral way. Because mm -hmm. when I bring it up, it's very neutral. I don't really care what shows up in your body. It's more just about helping you feel better. Mm. Um, but when we internalize and we hold on to things and it turns into maybe a pattern of something that we live out day to day, it, you know, it could be just a protection mechanism because we've experienced a trauma that has a charge and it's still sitting in the body. Mm. That's where we create blocks or we create patterns or, you know, maybe, you know, coping mechanisms or addictions or things that give us that kind of short-term high, but we know that it's not fixing or healing mm. the issue. And these things can be quite subconscious as well. It's not like you yeah. consciously recognize that um, you are you're have this mechanism or that you're shoving it under the rug. Like for me, like yeah. you know, pushing it. It took me a long time to be conscious of that behavior. Yeah. Um, um, I always tell clients and friends, like, the awareness is the first step to anything. Yeah, it's like, it's, mm -hmm. yeah, sometimes it's sitting so deep you're not aware of it. And, and honestly, sometimes it's just finding... Um, it's that right timing and it's the practitioner that can go in and work on it and pull mm. that out with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. There's that, um, it's like a say, I don't know if it's like a saying, or it's like a metaphor, I guess, where um, there's like two fish swimming and uh, another fish swims by and he goes, oh, how's the water today, boys? And they go, oh, yeah, and they swim past and then they look at each other and they go, what's water? Like, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. they don't actually realize that you're. You don't realize that. Yeah, you don't realize you're in it until you kind of know that you're in it. If that makes sense. So yeah. you don't realize that you're doing it until you're kind of conscious of it. And I guess we have all these like habits and um, we internalize it. Or not internalize. It's the wrong way to say it. But we do all the. We have all these behavioral things that might have come from something that we don't really even 
realize that it's come from. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I can honestly say this because I've seen it hundreds and hundreds Mm -hmm. and hundreds of times now where, you know, I work with somebody, we work on a past issue or something from their childhood or whatnot, you know, and in one or two or three sessions, you follow up with somebody and they're like, my pain is totally different or Mm. it's gone or it's inspired me to go do this or work on this now at a totally different level. Mm. And, um, like, I had a hard time believing it when I first started because I was like, really? Is this really working? Mm. Or is this just, like, a self-fulfilling prophecy? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think there is something to be said for the power of belief. Like, if you... Like, anything that you believe, I guess, becomes your reality um, in in a lot of senses. And I do think, you know, if you really believe something like balancing energy or, you know, changing Mm -hmm. the energy flow or whatever it is works, then it probably will work. Like, they've done studies on placebos and they work so well. It's it's almost ridiculous how – they're almost better than the real – in many cases, they come out – placebos come out better Mm -hmm. than the actual surgery that they give or the actual – so we had the craziest thing happen, the audio just cut out, just where, just where you left it off, and tell me what you, say what you told me. I've, this has happened to me so many times, whenever I start talking about like high and low states of consciousness, you know, being in your power versus not, electronics for me always malfunction, what almost you, always. <laughs> what do you do? You're just like, nah, this is, <laughs> stop now, thanks. There's, I don't know what it How is. That? You can probably look it up. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, I know what it is, but it's hard to explain. Like, we have, we have, like, electroenergetic fields. Like, yeah, electromagnetic fields. Yeah, yeah. And, and they do affect our electronics. Like, my husband is hilarious. If he comes home and he's, like, had a bad day at work or he's, you know, and you know when you go into just, like, a stress mode and it's, like, you short-circuit yourself? Yeah, yeah. I'm not joking. Every single electronic thing around him breaks within the next three days. Oh, wow. Every time. Phone, drone, car, bike, like, everything that has an electrical something <laughs> to it gone. fails within three days. How weird. And when I first met him, like, he did not believe this. He yeah. didn't believe me. And we were having this very conversation. The next minute. <laughs> and then he's like, my phone just stopped working. He's like, this is a brand new phone. It just stopped working. And you're working. like, oh, it was made up. <laughs> and I was like, it's because we're talking about it. I said, you just have to, like, kind of, you're short-circuited. You're stressed right now. And, and I just had this concept around love. Love is a high vibration. Mm-hmm. It's a high frequency. I think it just makes everything work. You're just going to love the computer. <laughs> and so... Yeah, he was literally <laughs> fiddling with it for a half an hour. He charged it, everything. It Like, the screen was black. It wouldn't even turn on. Mm. So we decided to leave the house. We're on the, the metro in Montreal, and he's still fiddling with it. And I was like, maybe if you just give it a little bit of love, it'll turn back on. And he's, he's like, like Amanda, <laughs> that is ridiculous. So I reached my hand over, and I touched the phone, and I said, love, love, love. And then it turned on. <laughs> And then later that night, we went to go watch a movie, and we didn't have a TV, so he was putting, uh, playing movies on his computer, and we would just watch a movie, mm-hmm. and it wasn't working. And, like, again, it's like a new computer. There's no reason for it to not work. And I was like, maybe you should just give the computer a little bit of love, and it'll work. He's like, give it a hug. Seriously, Amanda, that just doesn't work. So I walked over, and I touched the computer, and went, love, 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 and it turned on, and the movie started playing. What's he doing now? <laughs> and then... 
Well, I still don't love it. I still don't love And then I went back home because he was living in Montreal and I was living in Alberta at the time. Mm-hmm. And I think he was, uh, he called me. He's like, I'm trying to text you, but the keyboard on my phone or my computer or something isn't working. Like, it's not letting me type. And so I, I texted his computer in capital letters and I just said, love, love, love. <laughs> and then all I got back was a thank you. <laughs> Conversation. <laughs> he didn't want to talk to you about anything anymore. I was like, thanks. Thank you. He, he believed me after that. Because it was all within like a 24 hour period. It was yeah. so funny. That is really, really, that's a good yeah. story. That's <laughs> uh, good stuff. Okay, go. okay. <laughs> okay, well, now that the technology is working, we've given it some love. Yeah. Please continue working. I'll just get her to send her good vibes to the computer and yeah. <laughs> the audio. Um, okay, cool. So, um, yeah, we were talking about how, I guess, you know, all the power of belief, um, even if, um, you know, it's a placebo, it works really, really well. Because I guess at the end of the day, and this is, might be a broad statement, but I just wanted to get your opinion on it. Like your body has the, uh, the ability to kind of heal in lots of different ways mm-hmm. um, and it probably wants to heal itself um, more than anything. <laughs> um, so I guess when you're going through with someone, um, and they've got these, these blocks and, and then you release them, or maybe you can talk about your own experience, um, after, so you had your car accident and then you went to a kinesiologist and they helped you, um, release some of that. Was it, uh, like emotional trauma that they were releasing or was it more physical for, for you and, and the pain that you were having? Um, it was a combination. Mm-hmm. Usually, like often, a, a number of things show up in a session, so it's not always just emotional. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> you work on the emotional aspect, or you bring that into the balancing of the body. But for me, like um, I had like liver and spleen balancing. You know, there was adrenal balancing that mm-hmm. had to come into play. That on my gallbladder keeps level. coming up. Oh, it's everything gallbladder. Oh. Okay. I don't know what that means. <laughs> She's like, hmm, interesting. Yeah. Um, everybody's stuff is, is unique. It depends what's going on mm-hmm. with you. If you want, we can talk about that a little bit later if you like. Um, <laughs> off off but, air. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and then I, I just didn't have enough energy flow also in the meridians of my liver and my spleen because they were... And so what does that mean? So... So you have, here, I've got a chart so you can kind of see. Oh, okay. Maybe I'll take a photo and put it on the, yeah, 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 I've seen. So it's it's the elemental emotion chart. So, you know, we have the two major meridians of the body, um, and these are based more on, on acupuncture meridians, right? Yeah, so these like, a, I guess, lines through the body, yeah. which is a... Energy in, pathways. Yeah, energy pathways which cross over and, what, do they cross over? Uh, well, we're one... Where one meridian ends, another begins. Okay. So cool. it's a continual flow. So if you if you have one meridian that is, you know, too low, the energy going into that meridian is having to pump a lot in, and the energy going out, or the meridians after, are usually not getting enough. So there's mm-hmm. just an imbalance. Right. There's two types of cycles in the body that you want to make sure that are balanced. So it's the Shen and the Co cycle. But... In general, what you're looking for is just 
all the meridians to be better flowing in the whole body mm -hmm. from beginning to end of a session with somebody. And are these related to like chakras in yoga or meditation? Um, it has a beautiful overlap to it, mm -hmm. but chakras are kind of a different um, concept, I think. Mm -hmm. So um, I do find that there's a lot of overlapping and a lot yeah. of connections like uh, in between the two. Um, but I don't think that they're, you know, they, they haven't really come from the same ideas, um, yeah, two places necessarily. Places, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Well, maybe we'll touch on the, the chakras a bit later when we talk about yoga. Um, okay, cool. So you have, so you basically want a nice flow through all those different elements, I guess, and areas or? Yeah. And it, it depends what you're working on too. Like one of the primary techniques that I use with with clients is called neural organization technique and it works at reorganizing the nervous system mm -hmm. um, but it uses all the reflexes that are associated with all the acupuncture meridians in the body mm -hmm. yeah. um, so the nice thing is, is it's a very gentle approach but it's highly effective because it's reorganizing you at your at your root your nervous system mm -hmm. and when the nervous system is more balanced which is these two main meridians the central governing everything else in the body can be better balanced as yeah. well. Yeah. So you're trying to hit it at the core and then um, so that everything else around it can be balanced essentially. Mm -hmm. Is that the idea behind it? Yeah. I mean, if I balance somebody's neck or help, you know, their neck to be more aligned or, you know, whatever the issue might be, um, their nervous system is going to have a better flow of energy. Mm -hmm. Well, then we can work on something like a wrist or a finger issue. Yeah, after. for sure. Yeah, yes. it follows a, a really healthy order of priority. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know, I guess, through, like, Cairo and stuff like that, for me it's been more about more, like, in the body, I guess, and, like, aligning things so everything works well functionally, I guess, yeah. for training. Um, and I guess now having done that for a while and having everything feel a lot better move and having better movement and having everything pretty aligned and, you know, being relatively injury free. Um, for me, I feel like the next step is this kind of area, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, which I found quite interesting because, you know, uh, I always find people once they kind of get their body right, then they turn to their mental space. That's, and that might just be from being in the fitness industry. Like, people might do it the other way around. But most people that I meet that come into that into the fitness industry and come into kind of that uh, idea of things um, and that, that way of doing things, they generally then turn to their kind of mental game as well. It's like a very – like, it seems very, like, systematic that, you know, once you start getting healthier in your body and the way that you're having your nutrition and stuff like that and your body starts functioning well, then you want to try and go a bit deeper into, like, emotional or kind of mental um, mindset style stuff. Yeah. No, I think there's a lot of validity in that. Like, my philosophy on, on health, uh, I tell people, like, focus on the basics. Like, mm. I – I really don't think there is some magic recipe, magic pill. Like no. the people that you see that are doing things really well, thriving in their health and wellness and consciousness, are the ones that are usually pretty good at the basics. Mm. So next to air, you need good quality water. Yeah. <laughs> like 
Hydration is so important. Is okay, yes. And then it's also, you know, what you're eating, what you're putting in your body, you know, a little bit of movement every day, mm-hmm. something that gives you a bit of meaning and inspiration, mm-hmm. some action, uh, some learning, like those are all just really basic things. Yeah. Right? Sure. And when you can kind of move through a pras- practice of having good basics, water, food, movement, meaning, um, you know, you can add three or four more to that if you want. Yeah, it's like kind of or something. Yeah. yeah, it's your own kind of little recipe, but it sort of has to have a core. Um, you can Then you can work on so much more. Mm. You become more present. You become grounded. Mm. You become clear and intentional with your own energy, and you're not this, like, open bank account of energy. Mm-hmm. So your energy is also not confused. Um, you have then the strength and the ability to go deeper and work on deeper stuff in mm. yourself. If you're not grounded and you're not hydrated, um, you know, and your energy is all open and all over the place, it's almost impossible to work on the deeper stuff. And so what do you mean by just out of interest when your energy is like all over the place, like you're just kind of going from one thing to the other and not really like focused? Is that what you is that what you mean? Or do you mean um, on a more, I don't know, like a deeper level what I'm talking about uh it's it's kind of it's really simple so um the priority is if you're not grounded what do you mean by that um, just for it's people the feeling, that haven't kind of heard it before it's the energy coming down so usually people understand the opposite of it and which means that they're like they're in, in their, their head. head a lot <laughs> and they, they're tired yep yeah and usually you're sitting in you know your ego your selfish selfish ego mm. um which is necessary Mm-hmm. Uh, but not good to do all the time, necessarily. <laughs> yeah. So right? and so that when I first heard like the term ego, and I think it's in you just mean the self. Like yeah. your I always think about it as my consciousness is up in my head, and I've got like this little like me blah 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 up there, but re- it's not really like me if that makes sense. Like yeah. like if I if I was like who is that voice? Like who yeah. is actually that voice? Like it's a really hard question to answer. Yeah. Because I'm like, well, is it me? Well, you know, some of the stuff it says... Is bit, that real or... Yeah, like, is that... I'm just talking to myself right now. Like, I don't know what was that. And so when I... Like, I hope when I feel grounded. Like, I'm very... Like, I'm more in what's happening right now yes. through my stream of consciousness that I'm engaged in uh, through all my senses, I suppose. Yeah, usually the energy comes down. I feel that we get a balanced connection between our brain-brain, mm-hmm. right? Our heart brain Mm -hmm. and our gut brain because you know you know when you can intuitively feel something in your gut Mm. and you know when something feels good or right for you in your heart Mm -hmm. and then we have to have there's a level of reason and practicality that helps Mm. to balance all that stuff out as well but when we're all in our head it's a different sensation right Mm. because I would say a few years ago or maybe maybe like a year ago I probably wouldn't be as in tune with what my gut or my heart said, like, I just wouldn't really listen to it at all. Like, I'd have a feeling in my gut, and I'd be like, nah. Well, I wouldn't even notice it, to be honest. Like, it wouldn't even cross my thought that that was something that I should, yeah, like, or take notice of, for example. And I think that's different for everybody. Mm -hmm. Everybody's journey and everybody's practice with that is different. Um, Mm -hmm. I used to do that. I used to be, like, so in my head. Yeah. That was was also part of what, you know, kinesiology helped me with. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a a terrible internal dialogue and a terrible internal voice you know until I realized like 
it doesn't have to be like that. yeah <laughs> it can be different you know yeah and I think that's that's true that's one of the reasons I think you're drawn to kind of this type of area is because you're almost sick of just that incessant yapping yeah like you're just so used to like imagine if you had a friend with you the whole time just blah 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 blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you punch them in the face like so crazy yeah exactly <laughs> you, you know you it's just such a, like, if you're really wound up all the time in your head, like, it's just not a good, I feel like, not a great place to be. And there's, like, a better way to kind of, you know, uh, live, I guess, in, t- in, in a sense. Yeah, it changes your quality of life. Yeah. Like, crazy. Um, yeah, the grounding, and it just, grounding is a practice for some people that they need to do every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, this Again, it depends on the person. Some people ground really well, and some people find it hard to ground. And it mm. also depends what you're going through um, in your life as well. Um, the other part of it that I don't think really gets taught um, is, and especially this goes for people that are quite sensitive, mm-hmm. is just being too open with your energy. The best way that I've found to explain this, and it seems to resonate with, with people in my experience, is that you have a bank account and that is your energy, mm-hmm. right? We don't give our card and we don't give our PIN number out randomly to people. We don't let people just make withdrawals and we don't just, you know, deposit money in other places either. Mm-hmm. There there has to be a little bit of structure that's healthy for you. Mm-hmm. So when you treat your energy like that, you know, your energy is your energy and my energy is my energy. But if you end up being too open and, you know, your energy on somebody else's and you let people come in and take and whatnot your energies just get confused and it actually becomes harder as well to be grounded Mm. and the inner chatter and the confusion and feeling off and feeling fatigue are all the symptoms that show up with that kind of stuff so it is in a sense as well like you said like a focus Mm. but just being really clear with your energy so and in that sense you're talking about um when for example, people want things from you or they're trying to, you know, take your time, too much of your time and stuff like that can be like an exchange of energy or... Yeah, like... Um, or maybe someone that's particularly angry is trying to take up a lot of your time, like that can be draining and that type of thing. Yeah, that can be one of the things, like it's um, healthy boundaries is a part of it. Your mm-hmm. actions will often change a little bit and the way people respond to you will change depending on how you set up your energy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also seen it at another level where people literally have picked up things that don't belong to them. I've right. seen people pick up, you know, entities in hospitals um, mm-hmm. and um, uh, places that they've traveled that, you know, had a lot of trauma or, mm-hmm. you know, had a lot of history or bad history or dark history. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, like, that is not the kind of stuff you want to have sitting in your body because it's not yours. And mm. it, off, it can make you very, very sick physically. Mm, right. Yeah. So do you, I don't know, do most people like have like a little, like like for example, my magnetic field, magnetic field interacts with yours and does it take like some of your energy and you're just like, no, stop. Or like are uh, most people unaware that that, that exchange is happening or like? Yeah, I think it depends on the awareness, but it's, and some people are just naturally really good at their energy boundaries, mm. and some people are just more open, and it's more of a process they have to learn. Mm. Um, so what I tell people is, like, get yourself grounded. Do something that makes you feel grounded. So it might be, like, like meditation or go for a walk or... Yeah, 
a really good one is just like skin contact with the earth and there's even Mm. science to prove that that is grounding and healthy for Mm. the balance of your body and your energy yeah and then the second thing is is just reinforce protect your energy in a good healthy way so just imagine like imagine a bubble you can pick a color that you're drawn to usually Mm. like a white light is a good thing but just imagine yourself in a bubble of white light Mm -hmm. um some people picture purple or pink or whatever, whatever you're kind of drawn to and it just reinforces like your auric energy as well mm. as your internal energy yeah because I was watching they're doing um like some photography now where they like pick up people's aura it's quite cool. Ah, cool um so they basically like take a photograph of the your magnetic field yeah yeah it's quite interesting that they're able to like get Touch that on camera that. yeah yeah and it's more of a tangible things that you yeah. can start to see. And it's all different colours for all different people as well. Yeah. Which is quite cool. Yeah, we're all unique. We have a different blueprint. Mm. Yeah. And so, you know, when we gravitate to basics um, in terms of looking after ourselves and feeling our best, those basics are going to vary a little bit from person to person. Mm. Um, but essentially it has kind of the same sort of core mm. concept to it. Yeah. Because, for example, for me, I would find, like, training hard. And although I do things to counteract that, because it is intense, what we do. Yeah. But I find that is something that gives me energy rather than takes away, if that makes sense. Um, and obviously, you know, I'm aware that it is – it does have, like, a lot of pressure on my body. But I just feel like if I haven't done something like that, like, I don't feel as good as if I went and did, like, a yoga session for some, some, for some reason. For, so for whatever that – reason is um that about you yeah exactly whereas I feel like for some people doing like a session like that every day would just ruin them yeah uh and again like we all have a different blueprint so one of the sister sciences of yoga is Ayurveda Mm. and in Ayurveda we have um three main uh body types or blueprints and you'll Mm -hmm. see this this mirrors a lot of other concepts as well you Mm -hmm. know three blood types or right and so it's it's vata, kapha, or pitta. Mm-hmm. And usually we are a blend, a unique blend of, you know, those three things. Often we're dominantly one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's important to consider, you know, what we are dominantly, like, emotionally, psychologically, and what we are dominantly physically, too. Yeah, so you might say, like, physically I'm one, but uh, because of my upbringing or because of, uh, like, emotional things that have happened to me you change uh, or no that's that your different? blueprint it's how you're born. okay yeah right yeah um yeah you know physically you might be more dominantly one and mm-hmm. and you know psychologically you might be more dominantly another right type. okay I got, yeah, yeah i got you yeah, yeah which basically just it means there are certain things that are going to make you thrive more than others uh, which isn't going to work, you know, for somebody else who has a different body type than you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, and of course, you know, as we as we age and we have life experiences, you know, our imbalances start to show up, and and sometimes our um, our constitution doesn't change, but depending like how we're aging, certain aspects of our constitution will become a little bit more dominant as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's just important as you follow intuitively what you know is right for you and what works for you, mm-hmm. you know, and like you said, you know, what gives you energy, what really helps also within balance, 
it's also understanding that those things can change as well. Mm. You know, right now for you, like hard workouts, sweating, those are really, really good for you. You might go through a period of time where, you know, doing three months of yin yoga is what you need. Yeah. It, it might have to be that way, mm. which is okay. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, there's definitely probably been times previously where I would have just pushed through, like, feeling pretty fatigued or needing a bit of a rest. But I think, yeah, as you get old, and you get a bit wiser as well, like, you yeah. know, if I knew that from the start, I probably would have had a different approach. But yeah, it's a journey. Yeah, as you realise, like, okay, like, my body's definitely not feeling it right now. Like, I think I need to either cut out some of the training or pull back on this area and do something else. It's definitely what you do, for sure. Well, and it's, it's just, it's being honest with yourself and asking yourself those honest questions. Mm. You know, is this helping or undermining my energy, myself as a whole, mm. right? And yeah, like, am I just pushing my through, myself through something that's uncomfortable? Mm. Or, you know, am I just doing this or using this substance or doing this thing as like a credit card, mm. you know, and I'll have a debt to pay later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the things, I mean, it's different for everyone, I know you said that, but what are some of the things you see commonly that people like trying to, uh, I guess, like use as that credit card? Is there any like kind of standout things that you think, oh, you know, maybe you should, maybe people should think about? <laughs> um, well, like on a physical world, uh, physical level, and I don't think this is any surprise, like food mm-hmm. and substance abuse is huge. Yeah. The coping mechanisms. Yeah, if you're just looking for that next kind of high physically, whether you're using coffee or drugs or whatever, like we all do it. It's part of the human experience. I find alcohol is a big one. (laughs) Huge. You know what? There's something spiritually satisfying about going out and having a glass of wine with a couple girlfriends, Mm. but it's got to be within balance, Mm. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And alcohol is a huge coping mechanism that... Again, it's cyclical. It's it's temporary. It's a low state of consciousness when you're just coping. Mm. It's it's a process that we often have to go through to learn healing. Mm. Um, but usually, it's up to you how long that is going to happen. Yeah, it's interesting. I always was like, I always used to say like, oh, I just have one coffee a day, just one. Mm. And in the last year, it's crept up to three or four a day. Yeah. <laughs> and eventually, I was kind of like, meh. <laughs> kind of you know it's gonna be ridiculous now like three or four coffees a day like you know do I really need that and that's actually what kind of prompted me to be like maybe I'm using it as like I actually need energy or trying to you know have a coping mechanism to something that's not quite quite right that's going on which is quite interesting well and it's it's asking yourself those honest questions Mm -hmm. and yeah and if things like wood element like liver gallbladder showing up Usually coffee is, like, not the best thing. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it don't make sense. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay, cool. Well, let's um maybe change uh, tracks a little bit and just talk about the yoga side of things. So sure. you did, you've done kinesiology and then, um, I don't know if you have anything to add. I think you've covered, you know, a lot of stuff. I think we did. I think yeah. We okay, a lot well. of stuff. <laughs> Next. Um, okay, so we've covered kinesiology and then when did uh, yoga coming because I know you said you were a PT um, and then you found kinesiology and now you're you've become a yoga when did you become a yoga teacher uh, well I kind of found them they were they were pretty close to the same time mm-hmm. um, I took um, I took my first it was a really short little yoga teacher training with the company that I was with um, 
and I did that and at the same time I was kind of just finding kinesiology and I just found a love for both of them because mm. I just found that it afforded the ability to work on ourselves in such a deep way and a meaningful way mm -hmm. um, that created the long-term change that you can just see that people crave when they come in especially like for a business like yours you can see they're craving that mm. right and and to know that you're helping somebody with that is so meaningful I think mm. um, so I started searching um, there actually wasn't a ton of yoga teacher trainings available in Western Canada when I started You're searching right. and I had to travel out of town actually to go so it just wasn't really like a big thing it was yeah it just wasn't it was there but it wasn't um it wasn't as prevalent yet like when mm -hmm. I started teaching yoga where I lived in southern Alberta I was I felt like I was kind of pioneering like I there wasn't a huge market for it like mm, that's really interesting it was really interesting and you know and then to move here and see it's that huge it's there is so many yoga teachers mm. here. It's a totally different yeah, market. Yeah, I wonder if it's just like the lifestyle. Like you know how like everyone like this like kind of you go to the beach or you go to the you go to Bali to do yoga yeah, teacher training. Like I don't know, maybe it's that influence coming down from there or something. Like yeah, there's just a lot more here mm -hmm. um, with that. Yeah, the lifestyle is different. Is it big in like California? That's Place, like places like that as well yeah, I, yeah to be honest I haven't traveled in the states much at all okay. um, but you know I do know that yoga is it's a little bit bigger in western Canada more in British Columbia mm -hmm. okay um, that was the place of my first yoga teacher training like that's where they came from yeah <clears throat> excuse me and then yeah I just took my first yoga teacher training took my first couple kinesiology courses and I was like I'm just going to do this. I went out and got a business license and got my insurance and, yeah. you know, told my connections, told all my friends, and I had so much support. Mm, that's nice. Um, and I just started doing it on my own, and I just loved it. Mm. It was a lot of work, but I loved it, and it's a constant journey of, like, being self-taught and letting yourself be taught and, you know, always just, you know, taking courses and learning from people mm. and putting yourself in those places and experiences and being humble about it um, and then I moved to Montreal and I took um, a second yoga teacher training and I worked um, in a gym where I got to learn a lot more about you know just training and movement and kinesiology again as well mm -hmm. and it just furthered it and then we decided to move here and it's even like more here and there's yeah. so much yoga available here which mm -hmm. is amazing on the resource level yeah yeah so have you met so you say you have like a mentor in Canada have you met any mentors here yet or just kind of um, your circle which is I think I, for me I'm still just establishing my my mm. community yeah here <laughs> yeah so I have a few yeah. you know I have a few people and I definitely have some people that I can be like hey can I bounce this off you yeah or cool. need a That's little good. bit of support or help or whatnot like I know that 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 sits here but that just takes time yeah for sure yeah I was in I was in Canada my whole life before that <laughs> yeah exactly um, so then what would be, I guess, uh, how yoga has changed your life and do you want to talk a little bit about like, the philosophy that you had behind, behind your yoga teachings? Sure. Um, I mean, for me, uh, I was in the process of, like I said before, like mm -hmm. I just was having like, lots of back pain. I had so much tension in my body. Mm -hmm. So I have a body type where I'm very mobile, but I have a lot of tension. Mm -hmm. um, 
So actually for me to do yoga, you know, six, seven days a week is not good for me mm. because then my joints just start to pop and crack. Yeah. If I want to do yoga that much, I actually have to do two to four days a week of weight training mm. um, because it's it just, it, yeah. it balances it out for me. Um, and so I was seeing a massage therapist at the time. I went and did my first yoga teacher training. I practiced a lot. And then I think I went back and saw her. It was a month or a month and a half later. And she said, if I didn't know this was you coming in here, like, I would have never known that this is the same body. She mm. says, your body on a tissue level and an alignment level has changed drastically. What have you been doing in the last month and a half? Mm. And I said, oh, I took a yoga teacher training and I've been doing yoga every day. And she's like, unreal. Like, keep doing it. No, that's <laughs> she goes, I can actually, you know, your, your tension is changing. I can work through, you know, just past the surface tension. Mm. Even on an emotional level, like things had started to soften because mm. I was, I felt like I now had sort of a way to work on that stuff too. It was mm -hmm. very empowering. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So when did you realize, um, like it was the emotional stuff that you were really interested in? Uh, it was, I, I guess it was always, it was always an interest, but mm. it, as soon as you submerge yourself something into something, it, it it's like right in front of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And so um, within that first kind of major yoga teacher training I took and then the journey after that, um, it just sort of set me on a path of self-exploration and mm -hmm. I just wanted to learn more and more and the kinesiology became a huge part of that as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and then within the next level of teacher training that I took, it just brought it to another level because mm. I, I was able to work on things that I knew I wasn't ready to work on or hadn't been able to see previously. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's part of just putting yourself out there into those different experiences and in front of those different people. Mm. Yeah, that also kind of brings it out in you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I suppose... Um, with what we've talked about, it's quite a lot, and for some people, it might be quite new to them. Yeah. If there's like one piece of advice you can give to people, I guess to help them, I think more than anything, be more conscious about. Yeah. Because I think I think for me, one of the big things was just becoming conscious of all these types of things, and um, I would say I'm very like analytical. I have like a very logic family as well. Like our family is very like that. So this type of I did, these type of ideas were never really like bought into like growing up or anything for me. Yeah. So I, it's for me, it's like all very new. I'm like energy. It's interesting, like that kind of thing. Yeah, I never um, had it either. It yeah, wasn't, wasn't really, wasn't part. Yeah. So yeah. if like if you're like me, the first time you heard this, you're like, oh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> what What would you um What would you tell them to help them maybe even just go into that realm of what consciousness is and, you know, kind of delve, because I find that as well is, is helpful. Um, I, it, it's a practice. Mm -hmm. it, it's a practice to be aware and to change your state of consciousness, especially if you're trying to change something within yourself yeah. or, you know, what's showing up in your environment. And I know that's so much easier said than done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's different for everybody, so do do the basics. Mm -hmm. Like, 
get enough sleep. That was that's what I missed. Sleep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> get enough sleep. Drink water. You know, eat properly. Move. Have some meaning in your life. Do the basics. Practice doing the basics well for you, because that's what's going to get you more aware and more present and more conscious. Yes. And I think, I think that's always like where we always say for people to start. But I think it's really just people always want to jump to master level, like Kung Fu master. But really, like, it's just you got to learn to walk before you run, right? Like, you've just got to master, like you said, like, I really love the idea of, like, there's, like, five things or five or six things that you want to do every single day. You want to make sure your sleep's good. You want to make sure you're eating, got nutrition, connection with people, make sure that you get outdoors or do a bit of exercise, a bit of movement um and then yeah have some sort of purpose or do something meaningful for yourself that gives you like makes you makes you tail wag I guess yeah um and just do that for a year and see how you go and I'm sure the rest will come yeah like a commitment and a practice to that it it just lends itself to anything else that you're 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 wanting or you're looking for you're desiring or you're wanting to create Mm. in sort of that happiness joy path yeah um and you can call it what you want you can call it practice you can call it habits like whatever it is that makes it easier for you to digest and and works for you then you know it doesn't you don't have to subscribe necessarily to something but you've just got to find out how to make it work for you well and then I think it at some level it's it's surrounding yourself with people Mm. that help you with that or are you know that teach you or kind of support you within that process yeah, as well. Yeah, for sure. And that's also part of the boundaries of being clear with your energy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because I would – there's if there's people that I can think of in my life which I would never even bother, like, talking to about this because I just know they're not, like, open to it or whatever, yeah. which is fine. Like, they can – Yeah. that's just what their what, – how's their mindset? But, yeah, it's funny how, the, like, you can, you know, find the people that will support you in whatever endeavor you want and, you know mm. – they're going to be your yoga or kinesiology friends or whatever yeah. it is. Well, and sometimes they're just on a totally different journey. Like, I've talked mm. about this with people before, and they're like, are you kidding me? Like, water and food, like, how hard is that? But for some people, mm. there is a whole emotional thing going on behind eating properly throughout the mm. day and yeah. drinking enough water. There's, you know, maybe I'm not worthy of that. Mm you know and so it it really depends on where you are with that yeah you can't really judge someone else's journey it's just they've got to figure it out for themselves unfortunately yeah yeah and I I mean it's so good I think to make peace with your experiences even if they've been really hard or traumatic or negative with people because as soon as you stop you know being angry or hating or feeling shameful or um, have grief over something that is actually when you learn from it and you can let it go and it's where it becomes that transition of bettering yourself and those those things that don't kill you but make you stronger mm-hmm. that's where the transition has but as soon as you sit in the secrecy and the guilt and the shame of something that's what makes you hold on to it mm, yeah and that's where you you get held back I think yeah yeah for sure yeah oh well um do you have anything else to add 
Well, that's really interesting. I'm happy to be here. It was a great. I could chat yeah. all day about I know. this with you. I know. I like doing this kind of stuff as well. All right. Well, guys, we'll leave it there. Um, thanks so much for joining in, and thank you so much, Amanda, for coming in. It was yeah, it was really fun talking to you. Thank you so much. <laughs> no worries. Thanks for breaking my computer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> all right. Go bye. Bye, guys. Well, that's it for today, ladies. Thank you so much for listening. Girls, if you really liked this podcast and you want to support us, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We very much appreciate it. Um, And if you want more of our value-packed content, you can find us through these three names on social media, at Tone, at AllGPT, and at Kayla Lee Physio. Just check out the details in the description to find us. And until next time, girls, stay strong.